do the right thing and stay on the other. There's a rhyme and reason for your life. There's a rhyme and reason why you're Hey there, Tony here. And as I record this, it's uh, the last days of January 2021. Heading right on to February, just like clockwork. Every year it sort of happens this way, right? It's hard to believe, though, that it's already getting to be February. It's not that hard to believe. I know I say that all the time, and people say that all over the place. Can you believe? It's hard to believe. It's like you'd think after year after year, (laughs) you'd be going, it's not so hard to believe anymore. It's going by fast. Yeah, that's the way it works, right? Well, that's the way it's working. And I just want to tell you, I'm glad you're there, that you're hanging in there. And and letting these days go right past you two. We're all just sitting here watching them fly by. Thanks for doing it with me with a little bit of rhyme and reason in your head. Or, you know, just maybe in your speakers. But um, I'm going to talk today about something that's kind of, it's really actually pretty serious. Because it has to do with the time going by and flying by. And, uh, and it has to do with my mom, actually. Some time ago... Um, uh, we, well, no, not just some time ago. I shouldn't say it that way. It was earlier this month. We were talking on the phone and everything was, um, just fine. However, a couple of weeks ago, things turned suddenly. And I wanted to, it kind of made me think of a, of, uh, the story of, I don't know how some of these things came to be that, uh, um, I guess involved me when I, it, parts of it involved me when I wasn't even aware that it involved me. But it was, uh, it all kind of started around the middle decades of the 20th century when a 16 year old girl discovered she was pregnant. And yeah, she knew how it happened. It wasn't a big surprise, even though she's 16, she knew what happened. And this was at a time in American history when. Young people, even teenagers, knew that they were supposed to do the right thing and get married. You know, if you had that happen, a lot of times there were shotgun weddings, you know. You're getting married. So she married the 19-year-old young man, who was soon to be 20, who also knew the moral norms. And together they kind of started figuring things out. Well, now... As you well know, I'm sure, you, just because you do the right thing, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? It's Oftentimes it's not. In fact, um, oftentimes it's a much more difficult thing to do, you know, to do the right thing. But it's especially difficult when the mother and father, like in this case, are still uh, kind of in their formative years. Well, this young couple had to move things along sooner than they had imagined, so... Um, The young man determined that the best way to take care of his new family was to join the Air Force and master some skills, you know, get to get to know how to do something besides just be a young dude. But that meant that he'd have to leave the girl. And so he left her with his parents. Once he enlisted in the Air Force and left her to live with them and go through her pregnancy there. And she had relatives in the same town, um, but he knew that he's going to be leaving. He had to go a uh, long distance from his, uh, well, their hometown in Oklahoma. And uh, after setting that all up, he flew off to his new work adventure, 
and the girl stayed behind right there in Oklahoma. But after only a few short months, this young girl decided she didn't like the arrangements. So she asked her uncle and aunt and grandparents for some traveling money, and she got on a bus to Colorado. And this was out without letting the young man know, by the way. But when she showed up at the Denver bus station, she had to make her way to a payphone. Yeah, that's a real thing, a payphone, a place where you can walk up, put money in, and make a call. Who would have thunk it, right? Anyway, she called um, Lowry Air Force Base, where this young man was stationed, and was going through his, still going through some of his, I think, basic training at that point. And, of course, when the young man got the call, he was surprised, to say the least, because he wasn't expecting her, and she didn't let him know that she was coming. But he quickly made arrangements with whoever was in charge, I guess, at the base to go meet her at the bus station. And once he got there, the two of them had to go pretty quickly in search of a place to live. And uh, that's not that easy to do when the woman is, or the young girl in this case, is five and a half months pregnant. That's what they did. They started walking around. And so you get this five and a half months pregnant uh, 16-year-old girl with a 19, soon to be 20-year-old guy around, you know, still green around the edges. And uh, they went in search of their new place, you know, and that's, um, yeah, I can kind of conjure an image of that up walking down the sidewalks there in Denver because I, I know where it is that they were, and so I've been there, so I know what it looks like. Anyway, I'm not going to take you through all the rest of the details right now. Just let you know that they did find a place to live, and a few months later in December, the result of them doing the right thing was born. An incredibly amazing and beautiful baby boy. That boy was me. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and stand by that description. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Eyewitness accounts back me up on this. So there you go. And this past week, I made a drive to Kansas to see that young girl who's now past 83 and could be in the very last days or last months of her life here on earth. She's not doing well at all. And she's, um, I wasn't sure what to expect when I got there because my sister said she was kind of uh, coherent sometimes and then sometimes not. And my brother said the same thing that when he went by, sometimes she'd know who he was and sometimes not. So I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, Long-distance health reports don't do the best job sometimes. Well, oftentimes. But uh, we did go by. My lovely wife, Elgeline, and I drove over there and spent a couple of days visiting my sister and brother and their respective kin, kids and husband, and etc. And uh, we went twice to see my mom in those two days. The first day, she did kind of recognize me and was glad to see me, uh, but kind of drifted in and out of sleep. And after I'd only been there about an hour, she drifted out to sleep and and was deep sleep. And my sister said that that's the way she would be for hours. So we went uh, back to my brother's where we were staying. Then we went back the next day because we had to uh, try to beat some weather to come back to Colorado and we went by, and my mom didn't actually wake up that time. She was just sleeping the whole time. 
So I didn't get to talk to her. And she, well, no, I take that back. When I went in, she did um, grab my hand and held my hand, but I could tell she couldn't see me very well. And she doesn't look like herself. She looks like a shadow of herself. And that's how it happens a lot of times. I've been told that uh, she might be dealing with the uh, onset of dementia or something along those lines. It's just weird to think that uh, I called her on her birthday, January 7th, and talked to her. And we had a nice conversation. Everything was okay. But she did tell me that day she felt like she was having something that she said felt like strokes. And sure enough, the next day after I talked to her, they, uh, my sister went by and they had to take her to the hospital emergency room. And things have been steadily going downhill since then. So it's a real, real eye-opener, another um, indication of how each of us needs to be aware that those people we care about are not always going to be there. And things can change drastically very, very quickly. And I found that out like, you know, one day's fine and the next day's not. Or one day's okay and the next day is definitely not okay. But I have some comfort in knowing that my mom also did another right thing. And as a matter of fact, my dad did, but he died uh, about 35 years ago. So uh, they both did this other right thing other than just letting this beautiful and handsome, amazing, incredible boy be born. They trusted Jesus to be their Savior. So they know that he's their source for eternal life. I know my dad's there. And I know no matter how many or a few days my mom has left, once she's done, she's going to that place where I will see her again one day. And I know that because I did that right thing too. And I know there's no life apart from the one who gave it to us. So I trust that Jesus, who is the one who spoke and the universe came into existence, is also the one who provided a way for me to have eternal life. And that way is him. His life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his eternal life. And he says, as he did, so will we do. And I believe that with my whole heart. So I'm very thankful my mom does too. And that no matter what happens from now on, I still will see her in heaven. You know, life can be full of surprises and they're not always on the upswing. But each day, a new sun surely rises with new hope. We can do the right thing. This is Tony from TonyFunderberg.com reminding you to go over there and click on that merch tab. Get that t-shirt that says, Life has rhyme and reason because God made you. There's a rhyme and-